This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. It's time to go inside the front office of the Athletics with the general manager of the A's, David Forst. Here now is the David Forst Show with Chris Townsend. David Forst, the general manager of your Oakland Athletics, is here. We're just talking about Mike Hayes and his kids are going to be throwing out the first pitch tonight down in Los Angeles. Uh, I, you know, it was such a sad story when Mike's wife passed away from brain cancer, and he has had to do that double duty of you know, being a general manager of a team and at the same time being so strong with his family at home and playing father and not only grieving his own wife but taking care of his kids. Uh, so I, it's, it's going to be very touching tonight, David, to watch his kids throw out the first pitch uh, down yeah. in Arizona. It's going to be special. I didn't realize that was happening. Uh, that's great. I've, uh, I've known Mike for almost 30 years. Uh, we played against each other in college uh kept in touch when he started working with the indians and and as he moved on up and i uh actually had dinner with him and his wife and his four boys in hawaii a few years back um so mike's one of the guys who i'm closest to in the game and obviously went through something incredibly difficult and has come out on the other side both personally and professionally i have the utmost respect for what he's done yeah, good story in the Valley of the Sun. Well, you know what I like that we've had a little time. We've taken some time here with Ace Cast. Uh, we've had mm-hmm. basically a week and a half off. You had your final deal. You've had some time off. Uh, what has it been like for you and your staff to now? You kind of sit back. You're watching the playoffs. You're thinking about what happened, you know, during the year. What has this kind of week and a half, two weeks been like for you? It's been really busy, Chris. We got a lot to do. um no i mean we you get a little distance from the season and certainly as you think about it with like a different a different lens on not having to to go through the three hours of the game every night so that's a little different but uh and the reality is like we turn the page really quickly and and you know the the monday morning after the season we start looking at budgets and personnel and employee contracts and and all those things that um you know, they, they get us focused on next year. And, and, and then also, you know, player conversations, there's, there, you know, minor league free agents, there's 20 D free agents, there's waivers that start. So it, you know, you do step back from the sort of day to day, really uh, having to put, put together a lineup in those things. And, and, you know, and, Cots isn't wearing me out six, seven hours a day, but, um, but no, I mean, the, the reality is that we've, we've been incredibly busy and October is always a month that, that requires a lot of work to prepare for 2024. 
I mean, seriously, when we do the Mark Kotze show, be like, I'll be texting him like, hey, what time you want to go tomorrow? Well, I'm getting there at 9 a.m. Like, 9 a.m.? The first pitch is 640. What are you doing all day long? Like, I don't want to come out here and put makeup on and do my hair at 9 a.m. for a 640 game. I mean, seriously, he's he's intense. He's he intense. Is. Yeah, and you talk about just sort of the, the sheer hours that go – into the season. I mean, the one thing we, we always say, like the, the difference, you know, people ask, Oh, now it's the off season. You have some downtime or whatever. Like the difference is the hours are better in the off season, but there's actually more work to do. Yeah. Like there are more things to get done. So yeah, this is more of a, a nine to five gig in the off season. Um, if such a thing exists, but, um, but there's still a lot of conversations. There's still a lot of things to do. And um, and yeah, we're, you know, we're on it. You have always said with everything we have ever asked, you've always said, tell me what I got and I'll work with it. We know what you had. You didn't have a lot. You basically had to put some stuff together. It didn't work. Then you started making the changes by the end of the year. We were all feeling a lot better. How different this off season and what you'll have to work with is different than what you had at the start and what you had last off season. I don't think there's any doubt we're in a much better place than we were 12 months ago. I mean, I think we have we have a, a much better idea of what our foundation is, of what, you know, things we've learned about our own players over the last 12 months, what what we need to do to sort of fill in around them. So I, I think we're in a in a much better place. Um, my conversations with Mark have been really positive about where he think he thinks we're headed what he has to work with so um i mean you put look obviously you put some names to that and, and geloff and langoliers and noda and rooker and the position player group that you feel really good about and i don't want to like leave anybody out because because obviously you, you've seen things from Allen and butler and and soderstrom that you really like ruiz but, and there's guys yeah, yeah. Again, I'll leave somebody out. Um, and and I and I said this a few times over the course of the year, but the progress that was made on the pitching side is also really encouraging. And the way the starting pitching got better and the way we were able to make adjustments in the bullpen um, to make that unit better. And guys got, you know, guys found roles and, and hopefully, you know, obviously we always talk about this, hopefully getting healthier over the course of the off season and, and guys, you know, Mason missed so much time and we didn't really get to see Freddie Tarnock and Jimenez and Jackson both missed as much time as they did. So I, I think, you know, that the off season is about taking that step back, looking at the positives and, and, feeling hopeful and encouraged about what's to come. And we definitely do. Yeah. Cause all of a sudden here comes Boyle, right. And here comes Estes and here comes some guys. You're yeah. like, Whoa, okay. Yeah. Now we're talking, you know, you start thinking about, you know, Blackburn's going to be here. And then uh, we've talked about JP Sears making the 32 starts. That was huge. Waldachuk in the second half. Like all of a sudden you start saying how many pitchers though, do you think you really need to have in your stable, like say starting pitchers, you're going to start the season, you'll have five, but you got what you'll have with Fran Reardon down at AAA. Like how many guys do you think you need to really have to say, okay, I got 10, 13, whatever. I feel good going into the season. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking in my head, how, how high a number can I give you that you won't think is obscene? I, I don't, I don't think any number is David. It's could crazy. I, could I say 50? <laughs> 
<laughs> you don't have a college football roster, David. <laughs> um, man, I, I don't know. I mean, that's what everybody in this game is trying to do is like get enough depth, get enough pitching to weather the storm of injuries that just continues to, to plague us as a, as an industry. So um, yeah, I mean, like you said, Boyle and Estes come up and, uh, and show they've got it. I mean, obviously the difference between those guys and, and like established big leaguers consistency and doing it sort of over and over again, but man, they showed glimpses and of really small time that they can pitch up at, at this level. So when you, yeah, you add those guys and you, you continue to sort of go down and look at, you know, what a, a Cusick is doing or what a Salinas or a Perkins is doing or all these guys. And you feel like, okay, we're, we're starting to fill in. We're starting to get that depth. And, and, and then you do have, you know, you do have the ability to go out and, hopefully make some trades or, or sign some free agents um, that that can fill those roles too. Yeah, I, we talked a lot about, and I know we were joking with you before the end of the season that we're, hey, we're going to have our spring training roster. And I've got, okay, what about Brett Harris? What about Hernays? Like all of a sudden with Nick Allen, I Geloff's playing second. My guy Noda's got to be at first, but Soderstrom, uh, J.J. Blade. We start looking at the outfield. We start looking at all these guys, Butler and Ruiz and all these guys. With all those names that we could be throwing out there, I see competition at spring training. Knock on wood, everybody's healthy, right? Throw Max Muncy 2.0 in here and throw all these guys. Is there going to be the same need as there's been in the past to bring in veteran guys? Because Aletmus Diaz, as of now, is still here. Or are you going to say, you know what, I like all the competition we got with these young guys, and it's going to be fierce? Yeah, I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive. I, I think you need to have some some experience and some veterans uh, here, some guys who are you know a little more established, and you you can count on their track record. Um, I, I, I'm not looking to block anyone's development or playing time, um, but I, I do believe that there is a need here for you know for some consistent major league performance so i think all of that is going to breed competition i think that's healthy and i and i think we know that the exception to the rule is the guy who comes up and stays it's it's more common that these guys go up and down and that some of the guys who finished the year in the big leagues this year may have to go back to AAA for a little while and they you know no one up here is a finished product right now so i think that's healthy and i think uh, again, I'm not talking about blocking playing time for guys who are absolutely ready to be here, um, but but it never hurts to have guys, you know, get a little more time. Is there something that you've thought about now that you've stepped away a little bit from the season that you look back on last season and you just go, man, I can't watch that again for 162 games? Is there like one thing that you can hone in where you just go, that's got to be different? I don't know that there's one thing. I mean, look, if, if, if there's anything we've reflected on the most over the course of the year, and I guess in the last couple of weeks, it really is having started the year with five rookies in the rotation. And again, that wasn't by design. Uh, you know, Blackburn got hurt. Uh, I didn't really consider Rusinski a rookie because he had pitched in the big leagues and he, you know, four years in Korea as a starter. Like there's some experience there. Um, I didn't want to think about Fuji that way, but in reality, he never pitched in the big leagues and never yeah. pitched over here at all. So going into the season with those guys, it just, 
we just couldn't dig our way out early in the year when when the starters got down a few runs early and then the bullpen got taxed and we were playing catch up. I mean, there were just there were so many nights when Cots and and Emo couldn't they couldn't manage the bullpen. They they just had to manage to find nine innings of pitching, and that was that was just disappointing. It felt like we were pushing that rock uphill every night, and and that's that's something we don't want to go through again. How about this? Only four teams since the NBA-ABA merger in 1976 have repeated in the four in baseball. So it's happened a lot in the NBA. It's happened a lot in the NHL. It's happened in the NFL. In Major League Baseball, it just doesn't happen. And I got all these notes of why teams win, why teams don't. When you watch it, you've been through it. Is it just it's just what's great about baseball is like you play. You gotta go out and play. You gotta yeah. man up and you gotta be better than the guys you're playing. Doesn't matter. Did you have a bye? You didn't have a bye. Am I on the road? Is it cold? Is it hot? Is it that man, you gotta win. It's competition, it's baseball. Because some teams out homer teams, some teams out pitch teams, some teams steal, some teams play good defense. You can win a lot of different ways, but how much is it? You just got to go out and be, you got to be a badass to win in the postseason. Yeah. You got to have the horses to do it. And yeah, there's all these, you know, all this like hand wringing right now about, yeah, the, the buys or the days off or, you know, the best teams not getting to play the lowest seed, like whatever the case is, like at some point you're going to have to win the most games to get through the postseason. And we, you know, we know from experience how incredibly difficult it is no matter how you get in there win the division be the wild card whatever it's all it's all tough you have to get hot at the right time i mean look the rangers rangers played pretty poorly for a stretch in september i mean yeah. there's no other no way around it uh and they've looked unbeatable for five games in a row right now like there's no there's no narrative there's no numbers that are going to make sense of that that's just the game and and yeah if you don't appreciate sort of the beauty of that unpredictability, then then maybe the MLB postseason isn't for you. As a former infielder yourself, I wonder if you're appreciating, without the shifting, it seems like the athleticism to the infield has really come back, and we have seen some just really dynamic infield play so far in the postseason. Have you enjoyed that? The double play that Trey Turner and Stott turned yeah. – was unbelievable. I mean, you think about like the situation, like the the stakes. That ball was smoked, and that ball goes through. Who knows how far it rolls? Like that play to me is like, hey, big leaguers make big plays. That was awesome. So yeah, that that's the first thing that comes to mind when you talk about that. Yeah, I, I mean, and even like uh, Austin Riley coming in and getting that. The, the Harris makes the unbelievable catch throws it through two guys. He's got the awareness to come get it, throw Harper out at first. It's just like it's those plays. It's the high IQ wins uh, in the postseason. Let's end on this. Give us something that we go into the postseason. We go into the offseason. You're the leader of the franchise. Fire us up. What's something that you're looking forward to for the A's in this offseason? I mean, what am I not looking forward to? I mean, we're we're, we're putting 23 in the rearview mirror. We're, we're looking ahead to 24. You know, I'm going to play, you know, Geloff's homers on a loop 
for the next few months. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch Noda take ball four as frequently as I possibly can. Like there's all these little things. Yeah. You're like, oh wait, we're gonna get a whole nother season of these guys of Rook hitting 30 homers. Um, you know, if Mason Miller can throw 102 for an entire season, how great would that be? Like, look, this is the time to be optimistic. This is the time to to remember the good things and think about. Yeah, what does it look like if all this comes together in 2024? How much better can we be? So um, I don't, you know, I don't feel like I have to create that narrative. Like, go look at some of the highlights. It's there. I got to stand on a stool just to be eye to eye with Joe Boyle for an interview. It's all I mean. (laughs) And then he comes out. I can't throw strikes in the minor leagues. I don't know, man. Throwing strikes for us. Uh, He had us on on no hitter watch. He was was, third third star in the big leagues. We were joking going, hey, game one of the postseason next year. I'm giving the ball to Boyle. (laughs) And it was, hey, I got to say one of the funniest things this year for me was down at spring training. It was Fuji's first time he's going to pitch, and everybody was gathering around, right? And as we just mentioned, I'm not the tallest guy in the world. So all of a sudden, we're there uh, at, at Fitch Park, and yeah. I, 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 can't, I can't see anything, right? Even Grady Fuson was in my way. I was talking to him. So I moved around, and I got right behind home plate, and I went up into the stands, because I want to get a better look. And next thing you know, I realized I was standing next to like you, Hal, Haley Alvarez, and all the brass. And all you did, you didn't say anything. It wasn't anything weird. You just kind of looked over. And I looked at you and I went, yeah, I probably shouldn't be here. And I ducked down. <laughs> I went I'll never forget that this year because I was just I was just like trying to find a good spot. And that's when I realized right. I'm with the entire front office right by an old plate. And I realized, yeah, that probably isn't a good look. I better move. I will never no. forget that. No one can blame you for trying to find a spot to watch ball, Chris. That's if I was 6'4", I would have been in a different spot, but I'm not. But, you know, uh, I just want to thank you for everything because uh, – you mean a lot to us. You, you have you, you, your time that you've given us that most executives would not. And I say this all the time with our managers. Uh, we started this thing. We didn't know what it was going to be like. We didn't know how big it would get. We didn't realize that it would grow to what it has. But you have been a big part of this. And you giving us your time and your name. And uh, I, I guess I wouldn't say your brand. But uh, it, it, it really, really means a lot to us. I can't thank you enough. And, and, you know, we're, we're all a part of this and looking forward to another big season, hopefully seeing in the winter meetings, checking in with you. But just, I, you know, from Cody and I, thank you for everything you've done for us. Well, thanks. Thanks for saying that, Chris. And thank you guys, both of you, for all the time you put in to, to promote the team and, and to interact with fans. I mean, we're, we're not doing this but for the fans and, and hopefully creating some some entertainment for them. So I know uh, I know they tune in. I know you and Cody do a lot of work to uh, to bring the A's to everybody every day. So I appreciate it. And when you think about executives, this I think about you all the time because I think about these executives that come out and say one thing, and then they've got to backtrack later on and come out and say something else. You've always said it. I don't lie. I tell the truth because if I tell the truth, I'm never going to get caught in anything. <laughs> You've never once in all your years, what was it, 26, 27? 24. 24, 24 seasons. I've never heard you have to come out and backtrack on anything. 
<laughs> I try. I try. And and I was going to say this year felt like three seasons. So maybe I should get credit for 26. <laughs> but uh, no, I just, you know, I, people people are nice enough to watch and to come out and and pay money to see us play and, and deserve to know what's going on. So appreciate it. Enjoy the offseason. We'll be in touch. And once again, thank you for everything. All right, Tony. I'll see you. David Forrest, the general manager of your Oakland Athletics. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.